Welcome to the podcast Life of Emerald. We all have mental and physical health. You know they go both hand in hand. They are connected. But are we a society stigmatize mental health to our detriment? Let's talk about it. You're listening to the podcast Life of Emerald. I'm your host, Kate. We are a spiritual organization empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to the universal truth grounded in oneness with the creation based on love, peace, harmony. Be true to yourself. We balance the science and spirituality, modern innovation and ancient wisdom. Shall we normalize mental health in 2022? This is a global movement. Make mental health normal. Our honorable guest today is Thomas AI Nerd Helfrey. He is a founder and CEO of Instaril.ai that creates content, engagement, and strategy with AI. They save tons of time and effort for startup founders, marketing organizations, and agencies. They have a unique approach that creates revenue opportunities by combining AI-powered content creation, engagement services, and a progressive go-to market strategy. Thomas is a larger-than-life personality and host of the AI Nerd, AI with Attitude on YouTube channel. I'm honored to introduce and interview Thomas, the AI Nerd. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. That was a very nice introduction. <laughs> this is what you've been up to, Thomas. Well, it's an honor to host you here. But Thomas, Hello, yeah. Thomas, what is your view on mental health in general? Uh, well, I mean, the mind controls the body, right? And so if that's not well, I'm not sure how anything else can be. Bigger pieces, it's not taken at the same level, let's say, as breaking an arm or having an infection or something. So I don't think it's treated fairly in the uh, in the world of something that should be addressed. I think there's too many old stigmatisms with it as well from how to address it. But it's 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 everything. To be fair. Absolutely. Why do you think there is a stigma? I I, I wish I was better educated to understand why. Um, it, you know, just male ego is one part I think just of understanding really what it is uh, as a as, as wellness is you know how it's you know tied to wellness I don't think we we have a clue really I think we and maybe we know and we just don't want to admit it I don't know we're humans are weird but uh, I don't know where it comes from exactly it just but there is definitely a if you seek you know mental wellness treatment there's a stigmatism with it that would be a bad thing and even me who really is for mental health and wellness and has that kind of growing up image of, oh man, I don't know if I'd ever want to go see a therapist or ever go check in someplace if I ever needed it, because I think it'd be publicly, it would feel weird, but I don't know where that comes from. So I was hoping maybe you'd answer that question for me. <laughs> I know well, but this is your show. Well, what's your one personal story pertaining to mental health that just shaped your life view today? Can you be oh, vulnerable with man. us? I don't know if I have one story. I think I've always kind of kept it in check. But what I think you have are inflection points through your life where you you know your mind needs to mature, though you don't want to. And what I mean is I was always so humorous in, in the maybe the world of uh, business that it was at a detriment to me from progress of my career. So I had to pull back my humor and really think about how that, but it really messed me up. Like I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to have to control who I was at any moment. I just wanted to kind of be me all the time. But what I find is not everyone likes that. So yeah, I had to professionalize it. You know, recently I, we, I've never been a very religious person, but we have recently like this year started going to a, a church community, non-dimensional. And, and that's been very good from a connecting with others, spirituality piece. I'm not saying I'm a 
trying to join a cult anytime soon, but thinking standpoint of where I feel I am, I feel like I'm in a really good spot because as you get these inflection points, as you get older, you start realizing maybe what's important and maybe what's not so important. And so I don't really have any, any one story. It's just been a progression of realize where you are and adapt. Mm-mm. Was there a particular point in your life where you call it inflection point, where you had to sort of deal with some challenges mentally? Is there a story like that? <laughs> I think the, the biggest parts for me, I've been very fortunate. I haven't lost parents yet. I, I've had, you know, I've had friends that have exited this world prematurely. And you, and you deal with that like anybody else would, but for my own mental wellness, just accepting that things happen, accepting they've always been there. I, I will say, uh, you know, as you go through a career and you have dream jobs come and go, um, that really takes a toll on you in the end. It makes you really question everything you do. But I feel because I've kept my, my reality in check of focus, eyes forward, think to the future, focus on the presence now of what that thing is. You know, truly it is a gift, right? You're here today. When you do that, you stay grounded in the moment and you learn from the things I've found. And I don't really have that one thing, but what I have is the repetitive nature of, I always look to the future of what I can become off of whatever I've just experienced. So you know, failures aren't failures, they're learning points. And if you let them just eat you, consume you, then you will degradate your mind. But if you use them as weapons and use them as tools to be stronger, mm-hmm. your your wellness goes forward. And that and that's how I've approached pieces. Um, is it perfect? No. <laughs> but that's how I'm, I'm addressing keeping myself in check too. Also, you know, you got to talk to friends, family. You have to be able to articulate what's going on sometimes too. So I don't have that. I'm, I feel fortunate I don't have that moment. I, I just have a way that I try to move forward always. Mm-hmm. Mm, with a positive attitude, it's a choice. We can go to the bad neighborhood or a good neighborhood. And it seems like you have had a fortune to not go to the bad neighborhood too much. But I want to talk to you about the career, the dream career coming and going. I mean, it does have a detrimental impact. It did have one for me. Um, do you have a story around that? And can you tie that story with how it helped you get through that challenges, losing identity through your career? Oh, absolutely. So I'd landed kind of the dream CTO role of a big company in all aspects of it. I thought I was doing great in it. It was making bonuses, you know, making progress. And then literally within like an overnight period, it was like a year and a half in, it just kind of, it ended. It's that the company, I just didn't see the value of the role anymore or me in it. And like, and just like that, you go from, on top of the world to wow what's next what happened like no no indicators or at least at the time you think that and then you start reflecting back right this was probably this was 2019 maybe and then you know you go from having a great career great money you know all those things that you're doing to you know nothing and then you, you get a job making you know one-fourth the amount and then that job goes away because of covid so within a one-year period going from on top of the world to home repair guy Um, (laughs) but i did have an epiphany moment i will tell you this so i was i was hanging trim or cabinets and i was doing the trim on it and i was shooting the trim with a with an 18 gauge nail gun They're, they're pneumatic they're very they're very powerful and i shot that nail up and it bounced right back and went through the middle of my finger um (laughs) <laughs> and it, that's not the epiphany moment, by the way. It's not when the nail hits, goes through your finger. It's when you look at it and you determine, yep, absolutely. That's in the middle of my finger, not left or right. It's right through the middle. And you pull the nail out. Oh. 
and it doesn't bleed. That's when the epiphany moment is. And you're like, I'm soulless. What am I doing? You know, I'm an AI intelligent automation expert. Why is there a nail in my finger right now? And why isn't it bleeding? You know, all kinds of questions run through your head in that moment. Um, and it didn't really even hurt. It was just kind of scary. Um, Cause I was kind of like pinned to the wall. Like Jesus Christ, the cross, <laughs> that's too much. But anyway, I, I was literally like pinned and I pulled it off and I pulled it out and, and it dawned on me what should I be doing? What did I learn last like year? Mm-hmm. And I learned at that moment what became Instarel and became AI nerd because those things didn't exist back then. Um, but they did in that moment that I had that epiphany because I realized that I'm an expert in something and I, I'll finish this home repair project because I made a commitment to my family to do so. But then I'm going to go run an experiment on content creation because it is the biggest pain in the ass to talk about what your viewpoints are on the world. It's too time consuming. And if you're like me, I like to talk about it more than write. And that moment really birthed the idea that I am more than what I was than I thought I was at that moment. And I, and that's how I, because I lost that job, I was able to found Instarel.ai. I was able to go monetize the AI nerd YouTube channel. And I'm, and I'm happier because of it. I don't make the same money I used to make, I'm, but I'm way happier in what I'm doing today. Mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, one word that really stuck out is scary when that nail hit your middle finger. I mean, okay, so it, it seems... wasn't the middle one. That would be a bit appropriate. It was the index. <laughs> okay, index. It, okay. it would it'd be more metaphoric if it hit the yes, middle yes. finger, but it, it didn't. No, I, I caught the emotional word here. The the scary. So in that moment, what helped you calm your mind instantly? What helped me calm my mind instantly? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mine was not calm instant. <laughs> um, when I pulled it out, it came out, I thought it was in the bone, but it came out a little easier than I thought it would. And I thought for sure, oh my gosh, this thing's going to be gushing blood. And it just missed everything. It was like a, it was like a free wake up call that hurt about the same as stubbing your toe. And so your mind calms down. Actually, it took about a day for mine to calm. So I went to bed not knowing if I was going to wake up in a, like if my fingers, I didn't, you didn't know. And the next day it was, it was like healed. And I was like, what the, this is the weird, I feel like more should happen when a piece of metal goes through your finger, uh, but it didn't. Th- Thomas, yeah. Thomas, are you a robot? Let's not talk about that. I'm an <laughs> AI. Oh, I'm not a robot. I mean, I, I, no, not even close. <laughs> Very human. <laughs> okay. Okay. So do you have a go-to strategy for calming your mind instantly for another instances? What has helped you calm your mind instantly? Could you share with your audience, might be listening, what? I do struggle at times to calm the mind instantly. I am not that I'm impulsive, but when, when I get fired up, I get fired up. So I've done better about it. But what I try to do is I've been doing like what I call Zen time. My family would call it taking a nap, but it's not really where you lay down for seven to 12 minutes and you get yourself right before you sleep and you let your mind just rest. I draw upon that feeling in that moment when I'm really kind of, okay, I need to just let it be for a minute and just, just taking time's a weird thing. But even if you can find that moment for a second, it's like an infinite space of allowing yourself enough room to let go of whatever it is your head's attached to um, in that moment to calm down. I, I definitely fail at that many times when I get you know upset with the kids or somebody driving or whatever else, but that's what I do. It's like that moment you feel it's almost like a meditation if you if you could just grab a little piece of it even for a split second it it is literally like grabbing an infinite space because it's just enough to detach you from the moment just so you can calm your head so you can come back level-headed so you have three kids so five of you guys how do you stay calm during the day oh alcohol no (laughs) 
<laughs> not true. It's very good during the day. It's easy because they're at school and I work from home and no one's here, so it's like super. It's like complete euphoria when I'm home. But uh, when they're home, I'm enjoying the moment that they're young and they're with us and they they need us and they need us to be here. And you know, even when there's some tough times, I I do remember that I'm gonna miss these moments faster than I think. You know, Friday comes every week way too fast and it seems to be speeding up more and more. So I I try to enjoy every moment we can, the good and the bad. Uh, and that's. You just got to be at 51% happy, right? To be happy. So I try to stay above the line of the higher. That's a good number, 51. Well, do you talk to your kids about mindfulness, uh, mental health, calming tips, things like that? Do you tend to educate them? Yeah, absolutely. We talk to them all the time about what's important, you know, how to talk through problems, you know, all that, right? Just to, just to say, hey, listen, it's okay to have emotions, it's okay to feel. And it's also recognizing with the children that, that other people don't talk about this, that they are not maybe on the same level of emotional commitment to you that you have. And, and explaining to them that some people are going to have to catch up and, you know, they're, they're young, you know, they're all under 12 years old, but giving them the tools to deal with their own problems the best we can. We, we certainly aren't making it like a shameful thing to talk about mental wellness. We're making it like a core thing to them, just like exercising. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Thomas, before you go, what's your six word story you'd like our audience to take with today? Well, you know, I would probably be, I'd be smart. I would stay in brand for you, but I'm, I'm going to be shameless plug here. Create content and engagement with AI. <laughs> okay. And how do our audience get in touch with you? Uh, a few ways you can do instarel.ai and say, contact me. You can go right to calendy.com slash instarel, or just connect with me on LinkedIn under Thomas Helfrich and you will find me. You can do a Google search. I think my name will probably come up. I think I have nearly the full page on Google. You know, I would do Twitter and all that, but that's just too much at this point. So shameless plug, probably LinkedIn or just grab a calendar and learn more from me. That way, just would love to hear uh, some of your audience's stories of what they're working on and what they're trying to solve. So trying to help them would be, would be a lot of fun. Cool. Well, Thomas, nice to meet you. We met on LinkedIn and this was an interesting AI-ish emotional story. Really fascinating. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us today, empowering millennials and Generation X to stand up to what's normal. I appreciate your time. This is an episode series, Make Mental Health Normal with Life of Emerald, advocating for listeners like you. For more information, subscribe to our community Instagram page at lifeofemerald underscore. Find us on LinkedIn at Life of Emerald. Finally, visit our homepage, lifeofemerald.com. Till next time, take care.